You're listening to the New Song Students Podcast. I'm Jackson, and I'm the student pastor at New Song Church, located in Oklahoma City. We hope this message builds your faith and helps you to know God better in a greater way today. Enjoy the message. We are continuing in our series that we're on this month called In My Feelings. In My Feelings. Somebody say, In My Feelings. And uh, during the series, what we're doing is we are unpacking emotions. We're unpacking emotions because how many of you know emotions are not easy sometimes? Come on, show me, show me your hands. Sometimes emotions are, are not easy to, to deal with. Sometimes they're actually really hard to deal with. And, and I'm not talking about the good emotions. Like, how many of y'all have ever felt happy before? The emotion of happy or, or joyful or you felt... Um, accepted by the people around you. You felt comfort. Come on, how many of y'all know when you're feeling those kind of emotions, you're probably not struggling in life. Like you're probably not saying, man, I'm just really in a season of comfort right now. Could you pray for me? I'm really struggling. Very comfortable right now. You're probably not, you're probably not going to somebody and saying, man, I feel so accepted and I just, I'm struggling. I feel so accepted by people. Like, no, we don't struggle with those kind of emotions, right? Because really, if we're honest, those are the emotions that we want to feel, right? We're not trying to avoid those kind of emotions. Those are the, those are the good emotions that we, we strive for. We kind of like build our life around feeling those emotions. And once we feel them, you know, we try to hold on to them as long as we can. So we're not talking about those kind of emotions. But what we are talking about are the very real emotions that you and I face that make life difficult. You ever felt an emotion that made life difficult? Maybe, maybe for you, you felt emotions before um, that caused you to not want to get up out of bed in the morning. You ever felt that before? Maybe it's an emotion that you feel, and it's emotion you try to avoid, like the plague. You do not like feeling this emotion. We've all been there before. We've felt those kind of emotions before. Maybe for you, it's an emotion that causes you to feel like you don't have control. Like you just don't have control over your mind or, or your heart. These are the emotions that we're talking about. Does that make sense, New Song students? And sometimes, maybe even most of the time, we find ourselves in our feelings, in a space where we feel stuck in our feelings. And when we're, when we're stuck in that feeling too long, we can begin to think, think, think things like, where's God in this? Or like, do I have faith even though I'm feeling these things? Or what's wrong with me? But what I, want, what I want you guys to know through this series, New Song students, is we serve a really good God. We serve a God who's bigger than your emotions. We serve a God who's not scared of your emotions. Are you thankful God's not scared of your emotions? I know I am. And, and we serve that kind of God. In fact, God literally, in, uh, in Isaiah 9, we're given this picture. It's a prophetic picture of Jesus. So it's a picture of Jesus before he even, like long before he even came onto this earth. And one of the ways that the prophet Isaiah actually describes Jesus is being a wonderful counselor. So, like, think about this for a second with me. When we experience emotions that are hard or that don't make sense to us, we literally serve a God who is a wonderful counselor. So, like, he wants to walk with you through these emotions, not with you and then you pretend like those emotions don't exist, right? That's not how God rolls. He wants to walk with you 
through your emotions. And so we're, we're diving into emotions, the hard emotions that you and I face and how to walk with God through those things. And last week, we kicked off this series, In My Feelings, talking about anger. Did y'all, did y'all get something out of anger last week? Man, I know I did. Small groups was so good last week, dudes. I hope the, I don't know if the ladies' small groups was as good as ours, but we had some good stuff. Last week, uh, <laughs> last week, we hit three foundational things about emotions that I just want to really quickly recap. If you're taking notes and you weren't here last week, maybe you could write these down. I don't know. I'm not going to make you do anything, but maybe you should. First one is this. Everyone. Somebody say, everybody. Everybody is emotional. Every single person in this room is emotional. It doesn't matter how shy you are. Doesn't matter how loud you are. Doesn't matter how tough that exterior shell is of yours. Every single one of us is emotional. And that's okay. It's actually a good thing because God created you to have emotions. You're an emotional being. And so when you feel those things, it's okay to feel those things. And and it's important for us to know that everybody's emotional because sometimes when we feel emotional, we feel like we're the only one feeling this way. But how many of you know it's good to know I'm not the only one feeling this way? Or I'm not the only one who's ever felt this way. So everyone is emotional. The second thing we talked about is that emotions are good. Somebody say they're good. Emotions are good. Even, check this out, even the bad ones that are not comfortable to feel, we have to feel them at some point. Because we talked about last week, when we suppress things like anger, come on, when you, when you suppress anger, it's going to come out somewhere, no matter how hard you suppress it. And so emotions... They're not good to necessarily feel forever, but they're good to feel and work through because God created you that way. That's how you respond to the world. But check this out. The last one was this. Emotions are good, dot, 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 when they're submitted. Somebody say, when they're submitted. Emotions are good, but they're not good when we choose to live in them forever and let them dictate all of our decisions, right? They're good when they're submitted. What does that mean? It means when I feel something, that doesn't make sense to me. Instead of making decisions based off of that feeling, I bring those to God and I say, Holy Spirit, help me understand this. I, I don't understand why I'm feeling this. Help me to see what you see. That's what it means when our emotions are submitted. So if you, uh, if you didn't get to hear the message last week, guess what? We got a podcast. So you should go back and listen to it and you can get caught up. I don't want to spend too much time on that because I got a word for y'all tonight. Y'all ready for a word? Um, I got something for you, so I want you to lean in tonight. Um, we're going to be talking um, about an emotion that all of us feel. We're going to be doing this by reading a lot of Bible. Is that okay with you guys? You all okay with reading the Word in church? Yeah? Is that okay with you guys if we read the Bible? Okay. We're going to be jumping around between a couple different stories in the Bible. Um, and I want to jump around between a couple different stories to help us understand um, an emotion that honestly is a really hard thing to feel for everybody, uh, specifically as Christians. This is, emo- this is an emotion that's hard to walk through, um, but it's an emotion that all of us, at one point or another in our life, we're going to face. We're going to have to wa- work through this. We're going to have to deal with it. And even though, even though uh, it's something that we all face, I think it's an emotion that most of us pretend we don't feel in the first place especially in the church. But we're going to talk about it tonight. Somebody say, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. So before I tell you what the emotion is, 
I want to read you one of the stories we're going to be in tonight. It's found in Matthew chapter 11. And uh, in this story, we find a guy named John the Baptist. Y'all ever heard of John the Baptist before? John the Baptist is a gangster, yes. He's kind of a big deal. If you don't know who John the Baptist is, he's actually, he's the cousin of Jesus. Um, so, you know, he's, he's related to a famous person, which is pretty cool. Anybody related to a famous person here? You are? Oh, okay, tell me later, tell me later. Uh, so John the Baptist is cousins, he's the cousin of Jesus, and he's somebody that God actually used to, like, pave the way for Jesus. Um, God used John the Baptist to prepare people's hearts to receive Jesus. Uh, and not only that, Jesus actually gave John the Baptist a pretty dope uh, compliment. Yeah. He said that John the Baptist was the greatest man to ever be born of a woman. So, like, he's kind of a big deal, right? So this is who we're talking about, John the Baptist. And in, Mar- in Matthew chapter 11, we pick up in actually a rough point in John's story. He's in prison. Uh, he's in a sticky situation. He's found, uh, he's found himself in prison. He's alone. He's stuck in his thoughts. He's kind of contemplating life. And this is where we pick up in Matthew. Check this out. It says, when Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in their cities. Now, when John heard in prison about the deeds of Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to them, are you, check this out, this is really important, are you the one who is to come or shall we look for another? What, what is John saying? Are you, are you God? Are you the Messiah that I thought you were? And Jesus answered him, go and tell John, that what you hear and what you hear and see, the blind receive sight, the lame walk, leopards are cleansed, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them, and blessed is the one who is not offended by me. What's happening in this passage? John, who is somebody who knows Jesus is God, right? Like he knows Jesus is God. He's in this rough scenario where he's in prison and he's by himself and he's thinking, maybe even overthinking, and we find himself doubting whether Jesus is God or not. He says, are you really the one I thought you were? And so tonight, what I want to do is spend a little time in our, as we step into week two of In Our Feelings talking about the feeling of doubt. Somebody say doubt. And I want to talk specifically about how to walk through doubt that you have towards God. But before we do, uh, I want to pray. Is that okay if we pray? I want to invite God into this space. I want to invite him to prepare our hearts. So let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Father God, we thank you so much for tonight. And I thank you so much for meeting us in worship, God. And I thank you for what worship does to our hearts, God. When we enter your courts with thanksgiving, God, you open up our hearts to receive a word from you, to hear you clearly. And so right now, God, prepare our hearts, every single student, every single leader, God, you know exactly what we walked in with. You know exactly whether or not we came in asking similar questions about you, like John the Baptist. And I pray that you would meet us where we're at tonight, God. Whether we're experiencing doubt or not tonight, I pray that you would meet us here and speak to us. Speak through me to every single heart listening. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Okay. 
Doubt. We're talking about doubt tonight. If you are taking notes, which I hope you are, if you look up the definition of doubt, here's what it is. You can write this down. Doubt is, uh, it's a feeling of being uncertain about something or considering questionable or unlikely. If something's questionable, uh, unlikely, or hesitant to believe. So doubt is a feeling that you and I can experience that can cause us to be uncertain about something. Cause us to think, is this true? Is this real? Is this something I can pay, I can pace my life on? Is this something I can follow? Now, when it comes to doubt, I don't know if you know this, but we don't tend to normally doubt things that are certain, right? Like if you can touch it or you can see it or if it happens constantly, like it constantly meets our expectations, we don't necessarily doubt things like that. Like for instance, this past weekend, Pastor Sarah preached a fire word. Who got to hear that word this weekend? If you didn't, if you didn't, I'm sorry. And you need to go back and listen to it. It was so good. But Pastor Sarah preached about, she talked about the sun, S-U-N. And she talked about how the sun is always shining. Kind of crazy, right? Sun is always shining. How many of you know the sun is always shining? How many of you know the sun is going to rise tomorrow morning? Like tomorrow morning, if when you wake up, even if the sun is behind a cloud, even if for some reason you can't see the sun rising, you know the sun is rising. So if I come up to you and say, hey, I don't think the sun's going to rise tomorrow. How many of you are going to struggle with that statement? Like, oh my gosh, are you serious? Are you, you don't think the sun's going to rise tomorrow? Like you're probably not doubting that, right? You're probably not struggling with doubt when it comes to the sun rising. It's a pretty certain thing that happens every single day. You can see it. You can watch it happen. We experience it every single day of our lives. I got another one for you. This one's a little bit more personal for me. Um, I'm certain that In-N-Out is the best burger of all time. Don't, don't say anything yet. Don't say anything yet. I'm certain that In-N-Out is the best burger of all time. And you know what? When somebody comes up to me claiming that they've had a better burger than In-N-Out, I'm not over here like, oh my gosh, In-N-Out doesn't have the best burger anymore. I'm not struggling with doubt in that area of my life because I know for certain In-N-Out has the best burger of all time. And uh, if you don't know what an In-N-Out burger tastes like or have never had one or or you're struggling with doubt and you don't know for sure, we're going to pray for you after service about about that because because In-N-Out is definitely the best burger of all time. So we don't necessarily struggle with doubt when it comes to things that are certain, things that we can see, that we can taste, that we can touch. But how many of you know there are areas in our lives that we can't see everything and we can't predict everything and we can't expect everything. And it's in those areas of our lives where doubt can start to creep into our hearts. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like I can't predict uncertainty exactly how I'm going to act tomorrow. I can't predict with 100% certainty how my daughter Marlo is going to treat me 14 years from now when she's a sassy teenager, right? I'm just kidding. Um, I can't predict those things. You can't predict how you're going to do on that test tomorrow. You can't predict how that conversation that you have to have with your parents is going to go. And it's in these moments in life where doubt can start to creep into our hearts. Do I have what it takes? Do I, do I know what I'm talking about, right? There are areas in our lives that are hard to understand. Uh, they're hard to explain. Maybe for you, 
you experienced rejection in your life from somebody who was supposed to give you the most acceptance in life. Like maybe for you, you're here and you didn't grow up with a mom or a dad who was supposed to accept you, right? And it's hard for you to understand that or to explain that with your mind. And so for you, maybe some doubt has creeped into your heart about other people in your life. Can I trust this person? Are they trustworthy? Maybe for you, it was a person that you looked up to. It was a pastor and it was somebody that you thought, I can trust this person. And then they made decisions that taught you otherwise and it hurt your family and it hurt the community that you were a part of and you left feeling like, I don't know if I can trust my pastor anymore or I don't know if I can trust people in church. Come on, has anybody ever experienced this before? It's when doubt starts to creep into our hearts. Maybe for you, you open up your Bible and you think, this is hard to understand. Or I don't understand why God did this in the Bible. Or I don't understand why the Bible says this. And when we start to have questions that we can't explain, we start to have doubt creep into our hearts. Is God really real? Is he who he says he is? What is the, what is the Bible's purpose? And we start to have doubt creep into our hearts. There are times in our lives where expectations that we have towards people or towards God or towards the church don't happen the way we thought. And then we start to have thoughts of doubt creep into our heart. And we say, is this real? Is this person somebody I can trust? Is God somebody I can trust? Doubt's a scary thing to feel. Has anybody ever experienced doubt before? Come on, I know I have. Doubt is a scary thing to experience, especially when the doubt that you may feel is towards God. That's a scary thing to face. And what I want to do tonight is to show you a couple things. First of all, you're not the first person to ever experience doubt and walk with God. You're not the first person. But what I want to show you tonight is that doubt is not forever. That you may feel it right now, but it is something that God wants to walk not apart from you through, but with you through. And so if you're taking notes, write this down. The first point tonight is I'm not the only one. So I'm going to say I'm not the only one. Doubt, when you're feeling it, doubt can feel really, really lonely, especially in the church because how many of you know, so many times we're in that lobby out there and we're all pretending like we've all got our life figured out, right? Yeah. <laughs> Most of us are, are not trying to do that, but a lot, a lot of people, not, not at New Song, you know, we're, we're really transparent here, but other churches, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But in the church, the church as a whole has a really bad habit of pretending like we've got our whole life figured out, right? When in reality, a lot of us are struggling with this very thing. I don't even know if I trust the God I say I follow, right? You know, there was a study done by a research group called Barna, and in this study, they found that 65% of people who say that they're Christians, 65%, that's a lot of people, say that they have experienced doubt before when it comes to believing in God. 65%. 25% of those people that did that study, they said that they still were experiencing doubt when the study happened. And 40% of those people interviewed claimed that they came out of that season of doubt stronger. They were closer to God. So check this out. You are in a room full of people who say that we're Christian. We say we follow Jesus. We believe in God. And all of us, many of us are that way. Statistically, I could take this room and I could split it down the middle and over half of us in this room may be feeling something that we think we're the only one feeling it when in reality, over half of us in the room are feeling it. 
How crazy is that? And the enemy would love for you to believe that you're the only one feeling it. Because if he can get you to believe that you're the only one feeling it, then he can start to really build up that lie of doubt in your heart and say, hey, you don't need to go to that church anymore. You don't need to read your Bible anymore. It doesn't make any sense. You don't need to tell anybody that, you don't, that you're feeling this way because they're going to judge you. And we start to believe this lie that I'm the only one that experiences doubt and the enemy would love for you to feel that. But here's what I want you to see. That's simply not the case. You're not the only one that's ever felt doubt before. In fact, the Bible is filled to the brim with people who literally walked with Jesus and has still experienced doubt. People who walked with God and actually got to see him and touch him and feel him and still experienced doubt. You're not the only one. Check this out. I want to give you a couple examples of this. Obviously, we've already read the first one, John the Baptist. Do you guys remember that story we read earlier? John the Baptist, he's very clearly experiencing some doubt in this moment. This is a guy who knew Jesus was the Son of God. He knew before he was even born. The Bible says that when he was in his mother's womb, Mary came into the room and Jesus was inside of Mary. And then he, John the Baptist leapt inside of Mary's, or inside of Elizabeth's womb. He knew before he was even born that Jesus was God. And then fast forward, John the Baptist gets to baptize Jesus. And after he does that, he literally sees the Holy Ghost fall on Jesus like a dove right in front of his eyes. Then we find, we find him in prison and we see this doubt start to creep in, right? John the Baptist, he literally walked with Jesus and he still experienced the feeling of doubt. Another person that I wanna show you, I love this story. There's a father in, the, in, the, in Mark chapter nine who's got this son who is demon-possessed. Um, and he brings, this father brings his son to the disciples because he knows the disciples hang around Jesus and Jesus does miracles. And this dude needs a miracle. So he brings his son to these disciples and the disciples awkwardly epic fail him. They can't, they, they can't take the demon out of his son. And then Jesus shows up to save the day. Here's, here's where we pick up. Check this out. And someone from the crowd answered him, Teacher, I brought my son to you, for he has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down, and he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. Freaky, right? (laughs) That's freaky. So I asked your disciples to cast it out, and they were not able to. Yikes. Awkward. And And he answered them. This is Jesus. Oh, faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him. And when the spirit saw him immediately, it convulsed at the mouth. Woo, gross. And Jesus asked, or convulsed at the mouth, rolled around, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening? I love how calm Jesus is in this moment. Like this son right here is like having a demonic episode. And Jesus is just like, how long has this been happening? (laughs) It's just so chill. Just so chill. He says, how long has this been happening? From childhood, and it often cast him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, you can kind of see a little bit of doubt in his heart. He just saw the disciples, they weren't able to do this. He says, Jesus, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. I love this. And Jesus said to him, If you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out, This is so cool. Check out this prayer. He says, I believe. Help my unbelief. I believe, help my unbelief. This father is experiencing doubt in the moment, 
And he, he's so raw and open with Jesus. He literally tells him, I want to believe. I choose to believe, but I still feel doubt. Help me where I'm feeling doubt. You're not alone, New Song students. You're not the first person to experience doubt. I've got, I've got another one for you. I'm actually going to read it from, from the Jesus Storybook Bible. This is, what, this is what I read Marlo every night. It's so cute. And I love the way that it writes. It's so good. So I want to read the, the story of Adam and Eve in the garden. This is, a great, this is pre-Jesus. This is a great story where we see just some, a seed of doubt enter into somebody's heart. Check this out. It's not on the screen, so you're just going to have to listen. Now, God had given Adam and Eve only one rule, right? Don't eat the fruit on that tree, God told them, because if you do, you'll think you know everything. You'll stop trusting me, and then death and sadness and tears will enter your heart. Listen to this. This is so good. You see, God knew that if they ate the fruit, they would think that they didn't need him. They would try to make themselves happy without him, but God knew there was no such thing as happiness without him, and life without him wouldn't be life at all. So this is where the snake comes in, right? As soon as the snake saw his chance, he slithered up to Eve. Does God really love you? See the seed of doubt right here? Does God really love you? The serpent whispered. If he does, why won't he let you eat that nice, juicy, delicious fruit? Poor you. Perhaps God doesn't want you to be happy. The snake's word hissed into her ears, sunk deep into her heart like poison. Does God love me? Eve wondered. Suddenly she didn't know anymore. So check this out. In this story, we literally see Adam and Eve. They are in perfect communion with God. Like they're walking with him. They're talking with him. They see him. They clearly heard him say, don't eat of that fruit. So it's not like they were like, oh, I thought I heard you differently. Like they were walking with him perfectly. And still doubt seemed to creep into their hearts, right? I got one more for you. One more example. And this is actually um, a guy I know all of us know. It's, it's Jesus. There's a, there's a point in Jesus's life, a moment in Jesus's life where a seed of doubt entered his heart. He didn't stay there. He overcame it. But there was a seed of doubt in his heart. And it was in the Garden of Gethsemane. It was the night before he's crucified. Check this out. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he told his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee with him and began to be grieved and distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. So he's feeling the pressure, right? He's feeling the pressure of the cross. Remain here and keep watch with me. And he went a little far beyond them, fell on his face and prayed, saying, my father, check this out, if at all possible, let this cup pass from me. So Jesus, in this moment, he literally, he knows where he's heading. And he's in this moment saying, God, is there any other way? Is this really the way that you have for me? But we know, what does he say? But not my will, but yours be done. So what I want you to see tonight, New Song students, is you may be here tonight and experiencing doubt in your heart towards God. Guess what? I want you to know you're not the only one. You're not the first person to walk with God and experience doubt. The second thing I want you to know about doubt is this. The presence of doubt is not the absence of faith. I'm going to say that again because that's really good and I want you to write it down. The presence of doubt is not the absence of faith. Because check this out. Doubt is a feeling that we feel. But faith is not something that you and I feel, right? 
Faith is a choice that we make. So, so faith is actually a choice that we make dependent upon whatever feelings we feel, even if that feeling is actually doubt towards God. It's, it's kind of like this. Another way we can think about it is relationships and conflict. You ever had a conflict in relationships before? I'm going to take this same statement, but flip it around. Check this out. The presence of conflict is not the absence of love, right? Like when you find yourself in a little heated fellowship with somebody, you ever been in heated fellowship before? A little argument with somebody that you love? Those are not comfortable, right? They don't feel good. But how many of you know when you're in the presence of, a con- of conflict, that doesn't mean that there's not love there. Just, the, just because there's conflict happening in a relationship doesn't mean the relationship has to end. You know, when Haley and I first started dating, I used to be so nervous whenever we got in a little scuffle. I'd be like, oh my gosh, it's over. We're done. I'm the worst. But how many of you know the presence of conflict does not mean the absence of love? And I had to learn over time that just because I experience a little bit of uncomfortableness in conflict doesn't mean that I can't still choose to love Haley and she, she still can't choose to love me, right? In the same way, check this out. The presence, in the presence of doubt, the presence of doubt is not the absence of faith. Here's what I mean by that. When we, we see this perfectly modeled with the father in Mark chapter 10, he's heard about this guy named Jesus. Like he knows Jesus can work miracles. And he brings his son to the disciples and they fail him. <laughs> so that doubt starts to creep in even more. Can this really happen? Is this really real? Can I trust this guy? And I love this prayer that the father says to, says to Jesus. It's so raw. It's so transparent. It's so vulnerable. He literally says, I believe, help my unbelief. I believe, help my unbelief. I'm choosing to believe, but I don't feel like believing, right? He had faith in that moment, but there was also doubt in that moment. The presence of doubt is not the absence of faith. So check this out. What do we do with doubt, New Song students? Because I don't know about you. It's, it's, it's encouraging for me to know that I may not be the only one experiencing doubt. Like, that's, that's a good thing to know. It's a good thing to know that the presence of doubt is not the absence of faith. So that means that I can experience doubt and still have faith in God, right? That's good to know, but how many of you know that doesn't necessarily make doubt go away? So what do we do to make doubt go away? How do we work through that doubt so we become that statistic that says I came out of doubt stronger than when I started it, right? Well, I think the first thing we got to do is exactly what that father did, and it's choose to believe before feeling to believe. You and I have to make a pre-decision. You got to choose to believe before I feel to believe, because how many of you know, there's going to be plenty of reasons for you to feel like not putting your trust in God, because life is hard. And it doesn't always work out the way we want it to. And sometimes things don't work out the way we expected them to. God doesn't show up the way we wanted him to. And all of these things can happen and they can cause us to feel doubt. But we can make a decision before the doubt ever comes. And this is what that father did. He chose before anything ever happened. He says, I believe, help me where I don't feel like I'm believing. He said, I'm choosing to believe before I feel like it. And just like the father with the oppressed son, I feel like we can make that choice too. I feel like you and I can come into any season before doubt even comes knocking and we can pre-decide who we're going to follow before the feelings even come. But the second thing 
that I think we can do is something that Jesus modeled for us. And Jay, you can, you can throw some music on as we get ready to close this out. Jesus, students, I want you to see this modeled for us perfectly what you and I can and should do when doubt comes knocking on our hearts, which it's going to happen at some point or another. When doubt comes knocking at your hearts, what are you going to do? Well, what did Jesus do? When he's in the garden, when he's feeling the pressure, when the uncertainty is starting to rise, when he doesn't know if he's got what it takes to take the cross, what does he do? He seeks God. I know that sounds really simple. Point number two is literally seek God. That sounds simple. But Jesus, check this out. He didn't seek to get all the answers. He didn't run to the disciples and say, hey, disciples, what do you think about this whole cross idea? He didn't seek any outside sources. He went straight to the source and he sought God and he prayed. What does it say he did? Matthew 26. And he went a little beyond them, fell on his face, and prayed. And I think this is what we tend to do when we experience doubt, is we actually don't run first to the source. When you and I tend to experience doubt, what we tend to do is say, okay, I don't really understand how this works, so I need to figure out how. I need to find the answers. So I'm going to listen to this podcast, or I'm going to read this book, or I'm going to ask my friends what they think about it. I'm going to go to all these other outside sources to try and figure out God and figure out why he doesn't make sense to me when in reality we're doing anything and everything but just going straight to the source. And, you know, I say this from, I say this from personal experience. You know, there was a season in my life where I was literally in Bible school. I'm studying the Bible, and I start to realize in my life that there were things about God that I had just believed And I had no reason why I believed them other than somebody told me. I hadn't done the work myself, right? I hadn't researched it myself. And when I realized this, some doubt started to creep into my heart. You know, is this stuff real? This stuff that you've been taught? You haven't even looked into it. Is it real? And so what I started to do was I started to look for answers. I started to go to podcasts. What does this person say about this? What's this person's explanation about this confusing aspect of God. Maybe this person has something that will make me feel better. Maybe this book will give me the right answers. And I was doing all of these other things except doing what Jesus shows us, and that's just seeking God first, just praying, just asking God, can you help me? I believe. Help me where I don't feel like I believe. And this is where I think we struggle with doubt as we go to all the other sources And we say, God, I can't tell if you're real because all these other sources aren't explaining you, right? When we never went to God first. But Jesus models for us perfectly what you and I can do when doubt comes knocking at our door. We don't have to go to, you know, know, learning is good. Don't get me wrong. It's good to learn. It's good to find research. It's good to figure out why you believe what you believe. But at the end of the day, if we're doing all of that and we're not running to God first, we're going to leave feeling more doubt than when we came in. And so New Song students, you may be here tonight, and you may be a person who's struggled with doubt. Maybe you've never struggled with doubt before. Wherever you find yourself today, I believe God is calling us. He's inviting us to just seek him first. Before the research, before we run to our friends to see what their ideas or their opinions are, seek him first. And so New Song students, before we go to, New, before we go to a small group, I want to invite you to bow your heads and to close your eyes, we're going to just take a second.
We're just gonna take a second to analyze our hearts. You know, maybe, maybe you find yourself here tonight and you've been just kind of going through the motions. You've been going through the motions. You've been hearing great messages on the weekend. You've been lifting your hands in worship. You've been doing things, but you haven't necessarily been intentionally seeking God first. You haven't been seeking God like Jesus shows us. And maybe for you, you're here tonight and a little bit of doubt has creeped into your heart. Is this stuff real? Is God really trustworthy? Is, is all of this worth it? If that's you, I wanna invite you tonight to just begin to put yourself in a posture like Jesus did. You know, maybe tonight when you go home after small groups, you know, you don't just need to go straight to TikTok. You don't just need to go straight to YouTube or whatever you do. You need to just go home first and you need to model what Jesus modeled to you. And that's that posture of prayer. And God, I'm gonna seek you first. I don't understand everything. I can't understand everything, but despite how I feel, I'm gonna seek you first. Father God, we, we trust you. We thank you that your word tells us that you are trustworthy and that we may experience things in life that cause us to feel otherwise, but your word is true. Your word is strong and your word is perfect and it calls you trustworthy. And so God, tonight, as we go into small groups, as we start to maybe uncover some, some doubt in our hearts, maybe it's towards you, maybe it's towards just a person. Whatever that is though, I pray Holy Spirit that you would move in us and that you would show us that you are who you say you are. You are perfect. You're a perfect father and that you love us. You have good gifts for us. We praise you, God. We thank you so much for meeting us here tonight, speaking to us, and we're excited to get into your word deeper in small groups. We praise you. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name. And everybody said.